Our Old Testament lesson this morning is going to come from, the, we're going to continue in Nehemiah. We'll be in Nehemiah chapter 6. We're reading verses, starting in chapter 6, verse 15, and reading in through chapter 7. Nehemiah 6, starting with verse 15, and going through chapter 7, verse 4. <clears throat> so the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elu, in 52 days. And when all of our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid. And they fell greatly in their own esteem, and they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. I'm going to skip to verse 7, chapter 7, verse 1. Now, when the wall had been built, and I set up the doors, the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites had been appointed. I gave my brother Hanai charge over Jerusalem, along with Haniel, the commander of the citadel. For he was a faithful man and feared God more than many. I said to them, The gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still standing guard, let them shut and bar the doors. Appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, some, of, some at their watch post, others before their own houses. The city was wide and large, but the people within it were few, and no houses had been built. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I have a book here. Uh, my good friend, uh, Reverend Dr. Ember Jackson, is here with us. Ember just retired from uh, Tupelo First, the senior pastor there. If you talk to Ember after the service, don't listen to any stories Ember has to tell you about me. I love him, but he cannot be believed. So, you know, we're so thrilled to have Ember. one of my dearest friends and mentors in ministry. He just retired after many years of successful ministry. We're thankful to have Ember with us. But Ember recognizes this book, don't you? This is the standard 52 sermons of John Wesley. Methodism is interesting in the, in the, in the scope of denominations and, and churches because many denominations or churches, their first folk were theologians. So, for instance, the Presbyterian church was kind of started by John Calvin. John Calvin was a theologian. So he wrote a book called The Institutes of Christian Religion, long theological book. The Catholic Church has thousands of years of church doctrine that they've written. Wesley was a preacher. He was not a theologian in the same way, so his writings were sermons. One of the foundational doctrinal texts of the United Methodist Church and of Wesleyan churches is Wesley's Standard 52 Sermons. So that's what he wrote. So part of the my, one of my main classes in seminary was Methodist history and doctrine, where we learned our history, but we learned our doctrine. And as part of that, we had to, over the course of the semester, take these 52 sermons, outline them, and submit a review of them to our professor. 52 sermons, uh, did, did the first 26 for midterm, the last 26 for the finals. That's what we did the majority of this class. Easy peasy. A normal person would, over the course of a semester, write one to two sermons a week and be done with no stress. That's not how I'm wired. I figured out it took me exactly one hour to do the work required for each sermon. So, the week before they're due, due I got like 72 hours. It's only going to be 26 hours worth of work. It's not that much. So I would cram 26 sermons into the weekend before they were due because I'm a moron. And that's what I did. 
So I did that the entire semester. It was you know it was I like that adrenaline rush of saying, "Hey, I got six hours till class. I got three sermons. I'm going to have three hours left over. What should I do with it?" I mean that that's how that's how I'm kind of wired. I need that adrenaline rush of that. When we were in college at Colin. Holly and I were in the same chemistry class. And I tell folks, I've got the handwriting of a doctor, just not the intelligence. So she had all of our notes for class. So we would study on a Sunday night. We had a key to the Baptist Student Union. A bunch of us would meet at the BSU to study on a Sunday night. But, you know, we meet at 7 o'clock. when you got to go eat supper first, right? I mean, you can't study on an empty stomach. So that'd take a couple hours. Then it's like 9.30. And this is Saturday. This is Sunday night, and it's football season. So you got to watch Sports Center. I mean, you got to see who won the football games and see the highlights. So then we're like 11.30 midnight to get started for the test. So we would study from about midnight until about 4, sleep for a couple hours, then go take the test. My wife, who is much smarter than I am, maybe this is why God's still working on me, um, she would... She, she would tap out at 10, and she's gone. Like, she's just leaving us to the chaos of studying at that point. Because I need, I like that, I like that adrenaline rush of kind of getting it done at the last minute, finishing it. I'm a sucker for finishing tasks. Y'all know I got a checklist of tasks I do. I'm the guy who will go back and add something that I've done to my checklist just so I can check it off again. Like, I like I like completing things. I like completing tasks. That, that, that's fun to me. I enjoy that. We have been in Nehemiah for a while this summer, haven't we, y'all? We've been in it all summer. And we've seen Nehemiah's journey. He starts off as the cupbearer to the king. And the Lord gave him a vision. You're going to go back home. And you're going to go back to the graves of your ancestors. And you're going to rebuild the wall because it's shameful. So he goes back to rebuild the wall. And then we see his journey there. We see the inspection of the wall. We see the opposition he faces. Last week, we saw him rally the troops for the fight. I, I compared it last week at Intersection. So that was his Oscar speech. That was his, um, that was his uh, Mel Gibson freedom speech. You know, he rallies the troops. Let's fight for our families. We see all that. And so today, we get to the point where the wall's finished. The wall has been built. They have done their task. They have completed their task. They have done it through God. In fact, it says their enemies had low esteem because they realized that God had done it. They had done the work that God had called them to. We've compared Nehemiah's work to our church after COVID to rebuild. To rebuild the strength of our church which has always been its lay ministries. How it's when the people are serving, the people are plugged in, and the people are being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's when our church is at its best. Our church is not at its best when the preacher's at its best. The church is at its best when the people are at their best. So we've been talking about rebuilding the wall this summer. But here's where our story and the story of Nehemiah will diverge. Nehemiah has completed his task. He has rebuilt the wall. The wall is done. In fact, next week we're going to read about the dedication. His job's done. He's done what God has assigned him to do. His task is completed. But friends, in church and in our faith, our task is not completed. Completed. 
Because our task is not a destination that you check off the list. Our task is a daily journey with Jesus. Our task is not about checking something off the to-do list, but our task is about every day, every day of our life, every moment of our life, every moment we're breathing, every moment we're breathing God's breath, is to be faithful in the places that God has called us to. You do not graduate from church. With school, you get your hours, you get your degree. They even let dumb-dumbs like me graduate. I mean, we, as we've now established with my study pattern, patterns. You graduate from school when you're done. You're done. So I told one of my professors on the last day of seminary as a joke, I said, you know, the great thing about graduating is I never have to read another book ever again. Um. That's what we graduate from, don't we? We graduate from school. You don't graduate from church, y'all. Even when you pass into glory, you pass into the church triumphant. Once you're part of the church, you're always part of the church. And it's not something we move from. It's something we live into. I hope you heard the words of Lily this morning. How it's the church that was support. It was the church that built. It was the church that was encouraged. And that's what we do, y'all. It's us. Our task as the church is not a task of completing. Our task is a task of faithfulness. We're not called to complete it. We're called to be faithful in it. And yes, we are faithful in that we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before. We build the wall on the shoulders of the preachers who have served this church before. We build the wall on the shoulders of our parents and our grandparents and all those who have modeled for us what faithfulness looks like. But y'all, it's our job now. It's our job to be faithful in the task that God needs us because there is someone, y'all, there is someone, there is someone that needs what you can do for the kingdom. There's a gift that you have, that you have, that only you can live into to make a difference in another's life. And you may not think your gift is significant. You may not think what you offer is worthwhile. You may not think you're good enough or smart enough or holy enough or faithful enough or whatever enough. But God does not need your ability. God needs your availability. God needs you to be faithful. Because just as you heard from Lily, how this church was that rock and that home and that foundation. There are other lilies out there. There are other children out there that need just one person to believe in them. Just one. There are youth out there that are just about ready to check out this Christianity thing. And if just one person will believe in them. There's couples going through difficult times. 
I might need a shoulder to cry on. Our friend. And our job is to be faithful in those moments, y'all. Our job is to be faithful. God wants to use you to build the wall, yeah, to rebuild the church. Most of all, God wants to use you to rebuild his kingdom. We pray it every Sunday morning, don't we? You heard Shelby read it. Thy kingdom come. That's our call, y'all. We don't graduate from that. Frankly, y'all, we don't complete that task till we reach glory. Holly's told me when I reach an appropriate age, I can eat whatever I want to eat, and I can't wait. Because I was reading in Texas, they have deep-fried deviled eggs, which sounds like at the same thing, the greatest and worst thing that we've ever done as humans. And I'm going to eat that one day. One day I'm putting that in my body, and and my arteries will probably harden, and I will drop dead at that moment. But what a way to go. But I haven't reached that appropriate age now, so I've got to behave. Y'all, we've got a task to do. And God wants to use you to do it. God wants to use you in your gifts and your faithfulness to impact folks that you never even anticipate. Our faith, our church, our community... It is not a task to be checked off the list, but it is a faithful journey we make together with Jesus Christ as our head. And there's someone who needs you. There's someone who's looking to you, who needs what you can provide to be that example to be that witness, to be that friend, to be that mentor, to be that shoulder to cry on, to be that encourager, to be that convictor, to be whatever it is that you are, that God has for you. So will you journey with us? Will you take your brick and not just finish the wall, But will you take your brick and keep building the wall? Keep building the wall. Because there's a lot of folk out there that need Jesus. There's a lot of folk out there that need me and you to believe in them. Together, friends, we can faithfully journey together. And one day, one day we're going to wake up in glory and that task will be done. One day we're going to wake up with Jesus, and then we'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. One day we're going to breathe our first breath in glory, and we will know that we have completed the task that God has set in front of us. But today we're here, and today we've got work to do for the kingdom. Let's be faithful, and let's keep building, because God's still at work. Let's pray.